BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Tuesday. It's a beautiful day here in NYC for day two of phase two. Hey, Claude, H-Y-D. Hey, Jax. We are both slicking our hair backs because mine's dirty. I don't know if yours is, but like literally I had the craziest dream last night that I woke up literally like I had just went to Soul Cycle, like dripping sweat like down my neck it was the craziest dream that like we were we were like on the run and we needed a place to stay and we ended up staying at Jeffrey Epstein's house and then we like owed him a favor and like we were just like running from Jeffrey Epstein like for months it was like me you Ben and Zach and I was freaking out I literally for the first time in my life out of my sleep shot up and I was like <gasps> And I woke Ben up. It was so scary. And that's why my hair is dirty and slicked back with a bun and some wow. clips because my hair is like literally sopping wet. Wow. I washed my hair on Sunday night, so it should be clean. But like I woke up today and it just hurt. Like it feels like I'm on day six. So it looks like I'm on day six. I did a slick back bun. I just like couldn't be bothered today to deal with my hair. I'm just, I just can't. I shan't and I win. Yeah. Um, I would like to share an experience that I think you and many people will find interesting. Okay. So yesterday was phase one, phase day one of phase two in New York, which means Alfresco dining is open. And yesterday also happened to be my father-in-law's birthday. So we're like, great, we will go out to dinner outside. And I won't say the restaurant because honestly, it's not the restaurant's fault, but like we sat at dinner and I, there were cockroaches crawling. Literally, I couldn't stand. I mean, I couldn't sit. I had to keep getting up and it was just on the building, on the floor, because you can't eat inside. So a lot of restaurants have gotten creative and made more tables outside. Like some of them even took parts of the street so that all the tables are six feet apart. And I don't want to bash the restaurant because they did a good job. It's, lit it's not their fucking fault. Like it's just New York. But it was one of the most disgusting experiences like of my entire life. And I don't even want to alfresco dine anymore. Like I've got to move. Oh my God. I am shook. Like I was, I didn't alfresco dine yesterday. I was like, I'm going to save it. You know, I don't need it right now. Like I'm going to go when I need to go, maybe like make a reservation, go with my friends, like make it a big to do. I am disgusted. That is disgusting. I, that's actually the only thing on earth that could spoil my appetite is mm -hmm. a roach in the vicinity. And so I guess I'm just won't be going to restaurants anymore. That's and vile. There are certain parts of town that I think are more prone to cockroaches, and I, I would have been more understanding, but, like, this particular part of town is one of the cleaner, maybe the cleanest part of town, and I was just, like, so disgusted, like, so freaked out, so disappointed, and I just feel like, 
I don't know, part of me thought we were going to come back and after like nobody being outside, like no one leaving trash, no pollution. Like I felt like everything was going to be like a little bit cleaner. Like the earth needed us to take a break, you know, but actually I'd never seen so many cockroaches in my life. It was so disgusting. And it's so weird that that's just like coming out of my mouth, like a normal thing. And people who like live in Arizona are like, what the fuck, you know, but it's just a part of living here. And it's like, that was like the, the nail in the coffin for me with New York. Like, I, th- I think I'm fucking done. I mean, like, I'm done. I've been telling you I'm done. Like, I am going to start making plans, like, for myself personally to, you know, have ulterior options. Plans. So I just want everyone to know that, like, I'm making moves. Um, and I just, I can't wait for anyone else anymore. I have to do it for myself because if not now, when? So no, thank I you totally for sharing understand. that story with me so that I do not need to experience it on my own because I was probably going to go to the restaurant that you went to last night because it's like the nicest restaurant without fresco dining. So nope. And I hate, and I don't want to say the restaurant because I can't stress enough how it's not it's their fault. It's a fabulous like if I ate anywhere else, like If I ate anywhere else, I would have had the same exact experience. No, and like this is one of the nicer restaurants in the city. Like at, we would eat there all the time before quarantine. I never saw a cockroach. So it's not their fault. It was just insanity. Like, I've never felt like I was in Jurassic Park more. Like, it was just, like, it was truly an out-of-body experience. So I wonder, I'm curious to if any of our New York toasters had alfresco dining and had a better experience than me. Um, let me know. Yeah, wow. Sickening. Thanks for the heads up. Um, but other than that, just another day here. I did a virtual live method class yesterday, and I am so sore. I hadn't worked out in a while and I just, I can barely stand or sit. So luckily I don't have to do either of those things on this show. Um, we also yesterday recorded a fabulous Patreon episode, which, um, was a suggestion from someone. It is up. If you want to, if you are a Patreon member, you can listen to it now. And if you're not a Patreon member, you can pay $8 a month to have access I think now to like over 200 episodes from the past so we do videos we do uh podcast episodes and this one um that we just did was a podcast episode and it was fabulous yeah it was fabulous and the one before it um didn't really get that much PR on our end but it's one of the better vlogs we've ever made where Claudia Margot came over to my apartment we got drunk and made a pizza and it's fucking hilarious and just steamy and fun and if you're looking for a great vlog um head over there. It's like more of a short film because it's 30 minutes. I don't know if a vlog is 30 minutes. No, a vlog would be like a degrading label for the piece of art we put together. Yeah, I agree. So it's a short film. Um, head on over to patreon.com slash morning toast for other short films as well. And the episode that we recorded yesterday, which is all about our favorite things right now, like from every category on earth, like just what is getting us through. And speaking of art, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we are one week out from the release of my debut comedy special. You can pre-order it on iTunes if you type Disgraced Queen into iTunes, or you can just tap the link in my bio on Girl With No Job on Instagram. Um, I would really appreciate the support. I cannot wait for it to come out. I feel like I'm just, you know, on loop, like talking about it. But once it comes out and we get to watch it together, everyone is just going to know what we're talking about all the time. And I'm really excited. So please pre-order it. Um, once it's out, it'll be available on a couple other streaming platforms. But if you want to support now or you want to just get yourself a receipt, you could pre-order it on iTunes at the link in my bio on Girl With No Job. Great. Well, I think without further ado, it's time. I'm not going to lie. I have a little bit of a migraine today. I took one of my magic mm-hmm. pills like right before the show. So hopefully it dissolves over the course of the show. But right now I'm in pain. So let's let's get to it. Without further ado, here are the fast life stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And 
I don't feel RGH today because I'm excited about today's sponsor because as we promised a few weeks ago, we are going to start highlighting Black-owned businesses here on The Morning Toast and donating our ad space to them. So today's episode is brought to you by Local Human. Founded by Isaac Rochelle, a defensive end for the LA Chargers, is an apparel company focused on impacting local communities. They started it at the beginning of quarantine and since then have donated over $13,000 to various organizations. Local Human strives to serve and support local communities by aligning with and financially supporting organizations that empower our communities, local humans. They are a one-for-one company, meaning they will be donating a shirt for every shirt bought. Specifically, they'll be donating these brand new shirts to foster centers around the country. But they go a step further by donating $10 per shirt to the organization of the month. Each month, a local human will release a t-shirt and partner with a nonprofit organization, philanthropic initiative, or get creative and give back. This month, Local Humans has Local Human has partnered with three organizations: Campaign Zero, which focuses on changing legislation in order to, to reduce police violence; the United Negro College Fund, which envisions a nation where all Americans have equal access to a college education; and the National Fair Housing Alliance, which works to eliminate housing discrimination to ensure equal housing opportunities for all people through education, outreach, and public policy initiatives. 100% of the proceeds for this t-shirt will be donated equally to these three organizations. To find out more about Local Human, shop their More Than a Tea campaign, and learn about the organization it's currently working with, go to localhuman.co. Every time you buy a shirt, you give a shirt, and you also donate money to three worthy causes, which are the three that I just mentioned for this month, and they change every month, which is fabulous. So again, that link is localhuman.co, localhuman.co, where you can shop their More Than a Tea campaign and learn more about the organizations they are currently working with. Thank you, Local Human, for partnering with us. Love it. Okay, first story. NASCAR drivers are standing with Bubba Wallace after a noose was found in his stall. After a noose was found in Bubba Wallace's garage stall, fellow racers showed their solidarity by walking his car down the Talladega Super Speedway. Have you seen this video of the drivers and the car? It is just so beautiful. It is, but like, this is where I get torn up inside. It's like, why did some, like, I'm glad that this video like happened and everyone supported Bubba, but like, why did Bubba have to experience like opening up up his locker and finding a noose when he's just like trying to fucking do his job, you know? No, I know. But you know what? It's like whoever put that noose there, like fucking disgusting, heinous crime. And they probably thought like, we're going to, we're going to cause something within NASCAR. And instead, like the entire NASCAR community rallied around Bubba and like there, it's never been more clear where they stand, how they feel. And that people who might do something like that are not included in this community. And I just feel like these stories, like very unfortunately, like you hear stories like this a lot, like a, you know, a racist, um, graffiti, like, and I feel like we never find out who did it, but like with this one, like I want to know. I, I need Mushka Hargitay on the case. Like we need to find out. Like it's so important that like there's this like level of anonymity when it comes to being racist where it's like you get a, like nobody ends up finding out like who fucking, you know, threw whatever at someone's house. Like, no, 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 we need to full circle. We need to find out who did it. And I literally want their name plastered everywhere. Like they and their family should be embarrassed. Yes. Well, I saw my newsletter this morning that the Justice Department is getting involved in the investigation to find out to what it. happened. So I really hope that we get some answers. I mean, his garage stall should have been like, it's pretty premium. So maybe there's cameras and hopefully we'll get an answer and there will be responsibility and accountability because this is so fucked up, but I'm so proud of the, I mean, I'm not like the biggest NASCAR stand, but like, um, I'm just so proud of like NASCAR. They're just 
So there's definitely up. a lot of preconceived notions about NASCAR and like, you know, the um, community, but it's nice to see that like everyone is just on board and I don't really follow NASCAR and I had never right. heard of Bubba, but like homeboy can get it. Like he's no. so cute. Homeboy can truly get it. I just started following him on Instagram <laughs> and it's premium, premium content. And he's sponsored by McDonald's. So like he posts these like McDonald's ads oh in God. his feed and it's just like, it's a dream. And I just, I feel very terrible and guilty that like this had to happen for me to find out who Bubba is because like I said, I don't follow NASCAR, but um, now that he's here, I'm just so excited. Yeah, I'm excited to know him and to follow along. And you know what? Like NASCAR is really like, showing up and maybe it's time for us to show up for NASCAR like and you know it's what it's the first sport that's like back on the track but without fans but once the fans are back like maybe we'll be in those stands I don't know maybe maybe I stand for NASCAR right so NASCAR what's good um I just want to make it a point like I will be following up with NASCAR in a few weeks like to find out like because these stories like unfortunately they're not that uncommon and then like you never hear the resolution like what happened did we find out who did it did he get punished did he go to jail like some you know I will be following up I I think this is so fucking heinous like I will be following up yes definitely thank you for for your follow-up and your follow-through hi just following up here I'm gonna be emailing NASCAR circling back sorry for the delay following up on this Thanks. See you by O-O-O-E-O-D-X-O, Claudia. Perfect. Okay, next story is kind of shocking for me at least. I'm curious to get your thoughts because Carly Parse, known to some people as Carly Pierce, but known to the Steens as Carly Parse, files for divorce from Michael Ray after less than a year of marriage. After eight months of marriage, the Every Little Thing singer-songwriter filed for, for divorce from her husband they just like keep putting like the blank singer in front of the blank singer i'm like we know who they are (laughs) yeah we know who they are filed for divorce from her husband on friday their reps confirmed to people they said they put out a statement saying or a source close to parse said this was a hard decision it wasn't something she wanted to have to do this hasn't been a quarantine realization it was a last resort they last appeared in public together on June 6th when they both performed without a live audience at the Grand Old Opry. They were joined on the bill by Steve Wariner and Lee Bryce. Um, I cannot get over this. Like, it is the weirdest thing ever. And I feel like in a lot of ways, like, they got married, they met, like, it all happened so fast. And I don't know, like, I guess we should have seen this coming, but I just didn't. I didn't see this coming. I, I didn't like think about it. And honestly, usually when like a couple gets married, they don't like repop up on my divorce radar for at least a year. A few um, years. And these two, there was something like so immediate about their love and their marriage that made it think made you think like they've been friends forever and they just woke up one morning and like they knew and like this was it. This was the end of the road, not the beginning of a new road. So it's definitely surprising. Um, that they like, I, got divorced I so soon after. What's your theory? Bless you. I have a theory about what I think happened. Um, and this is just pure conjecture. Just like we've both, we've met them both, we, but like always on a red carpet. So we, I don't know them at all. Like for real, it's just a vibe that I'm getting. Okay. I just feel like Michael Ray is like a jealous guy when it comes to like career stuff. And I don't know. I just feel like in a lot of ways, like he popped on the scene and then like really like his peak was like the day he started you know what I mean and now he's just like 
kind of floating around and Carly Parse is really like on her way. She got nominated for CMA Best New Artist and she has that fabulous song. I hope you're happy now. And I don't know, I just feel like he couldn't deal with like her rising star and his slowly falling star. That is just my guess. Okay, I I don't feel that. Um, And I do sort of have a theory, but like it's, it's too much assumptions based on someone else for me to share with the class. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not, like, not. But that's, like, what share. we do here. We, like, share No, theories. no, no, but it's, like, I'm not going to, like, start, like, labeling people, you know? Okay. What, you think one of them cheated? No. No. Maybe. Maybe, actually. That, like, kind of would make sense. I don't know. I, I, honestly, I don't more... know how logistically, like, you cheat on someone in quarantine. It's, like, so hard. Yeah. I guess you could be, like, I'm going to get essentials. Essential dick. <laughs> today's episode title the essential dick yeah so this was um, just really shocking to me i feel like we'll find out eventually you know so i'm just gonna sit back and bide my time we'll follow up in a few weeks of course no no i can't explain like how this was really shocking but at the same time like not shocking at all like there was always something weird about their marriage like a in the way that it happened b like the way that they were so fucking thirsty like at every event every magazine like even here she by the way it's like a direct source from carly parts like it's obviously her like it's just there was something so inherently like obvious and weird about it that i'm not shocked that it happened i am shocked that it happened so quickly because they were so fierce in their love for one another and in professing it to every magazine and every stop on the red carpet like that's what shocks me is that they admit yeah. it. you know yeah of course so i think something happened you know i think like if they were just like unhappy and unsure like you can go on for years like that um especially when like your relationship is good for your career and everybody loves you mm-hmm. and it's like yeah and that's what they were you know every i feel like everyone in the country community was so excited to see them together and so i think something happened and maybe one okay. day i like, would love to know what you think I just, I just don't think it's appropriate to like, you know, speculate on someone okay. and like throw out some, some labels. Okay. And, and what do I know? It's, it was it, like, I don't know anything. So I just don't think it's appropriate. So, um, that's that on that. I'm going to shift to a little more happy couple news because okay. I did something crazy last night and I watched a bit of the bachelor greatest of all time. Because it was Ben Higgins' season, and not even because it was Ben Higgins' season, but, like, every week the promo for the show has gotten me a little more interested in watching it. And then, like, last night I was FaceTiming with the Snatchler at 8.02. She's like, I'm turning on Bachelor. And I'm like, they got me. They got me at the right time. The Snatchler did her magic, and now I am turned. So um, some bits of news came out of it, a lot of which we'll share right now. First up, Kaylin Miller-Keys and Dean Ungler explained their commitment rings, quote, we're in this for the long haul. So Kaylin and Dean came on last night and they are just weirdly like the most perfect, cutest couple ever. Like the couple that makes most sense in this world. And like so stable. Like it was a little weird in paradise, but the second they left Mexico, like they have never once wavered in their commitment to one another. Yeah. And so they were just like talking about their relationship, the van life. They live in Santa Monica and how they really just like, you know, what they've been doing the last year. And Chris Harrison asked them if they're married because they wear wedding rings and 
Dean like was for a little cagey at first, but then he said, um, in my opinion, I don't need the title of husband to show the world that I'm committed to one person. The fact that I'm wearing the ring is showing that I'm committed to Kaylin and only Kaylin, and I've been wearing it for the past six months or so. He said that him and Kaylin are in a domestic partnership. She said um, she wears her fun little ring as well, which isn't the ring of traditional marriage or engagement, but it's our way of telling the world and the people we're around that we are committed to each other. I mean, this is, like, so, like, Dean's thing, and Caitlin has obviously adopted it, but whatever. Like, I just love them, and it's obviously not what I would do, but every different strokes for different folks. They seem really, really happy together in their, like, weird, you know, surfer life, and I'm just, I ship. I stand. I'm at the port standing with my ship. No, at the port, standing with my ship, they just were so in sync last night. She is so beautiful, but she just had this glow about her, like, just this happy couple glow. And I, I think it's cool. Like, obviously, that's not what we've chosen to do with our lives. Like, we are married. Um, but I, I like their mentality. Me too. No, it's very sweet and very romantic. And I, like I said, I'm standing at the port with my ship and I'm waiting for it to come in. Yeah. Okay. Next story. Also something that happened last night that I was really taken by, so I wanted to discuss it. Wait. Okay, actually, no, you go. Ben Higgins is apologizing to Bachelor villain Olivia Caridi for his lack of wisdom and maturity. Olivia Caridi has come a long way since bursting onto the reality TV scene as one of The Bachelor's most memorable villains. She returned to the franchise last night for the first time in four years to reflect on her experience, where she looked back on Ben Higgins' season in 2016. Appearing via video chat from her home in Austin, she recalled how her relationship with Ben crashed and burned after a promising start. She said that that Ben Higgins was, quote, everything I thought he was going to be. She said her confidence was shaken when she noticed that he was developing connections with other people. Quote, I think that's when I self-destructed completely because I was trying to find a way to make it happen when I probably knew in my head that it wasn't going to happen. Okay, so I watched her segment. She talks a lot about, like, what happened on the season, how she went from, like, first impression rose to dumped in a windy Bahamas island. Um, But she also talked a lot about her experience watching the show and what that was like for her and, like, how – devastating it was like to one watch the show and hear like other girls talk badly about you your physical appearance and just like make fun of you and then also you know the public element of being on the show and like not wanting to go out and like how much she struggled with it through the years and like she I mean we've known her for a long time and like we've known for a long time that she's not the person that she was on the show and that she's a fabulous hilarious such a sweet girl but like literally the nicest girl you've ever met the nicest girl you've ever met, which is so crazy considering like when I was even watching the season and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that's the same Olivia that we know. Like, it's crazy. She was incredible last night. Like she was so smart and funny and like honest. And she, she was talking, like, I feel like she was really quote unquote canceled before. Like now it's just, you know, a template. And I feel like Routine. the person who, right. The person who came after her, I think was Corinne who handled it completely differently and really turned it on its head. And I think she did an amazing job at that. But I think Olivia really struggled at the time. And like, she got an apology for Ben for like him not having her back while the season was airing and kind of just like let people get carried away with the things that they were saying about her, which was really kind of him to do. Um, But I think it was more Um, of, it was more of a commentary on the culture and like Bachelor Nation and like, why do we do this to people? 
Yeah, no, it's very sweet. Ben Higgins is such a nice guy. Never once did I blame what Olivia Caridi went through on Ben Higgins. Like, he was fucking busy trying to find the love of his life. And it's very sweet that he apologized, and it's not on me to forgive him. But, like, I don't think that was necessary. Like, if they're really going to go in, why don't we talk to some of the editors who decided to portray Olivia Caridi in a certain way? Or Mike Fleiss, who obviously has, you know, a large hand in deciding, you know, who gets portrayed in what's light and who gets portrayed in a negative light. Like, I don't really understand Ben kind of taking the fall, but he's lovely to do it. But Olivia Caridi deserves justice, and it's not really in the form of an opinion of a, an apology from Ben Higgins. He didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I agree with that. He, he I'm I guess glad he, she he had this like, like moment. He feels like he could have gone on Twitter when the show was airing and been like, "No, Olivia's a great girl. Like you're not seeing her the way that I saw her." Maybe. And I just want to say, like, I've never seen a stronger connection on The Bachelor than night one, Olivia Caridi and Ben Higgins. Like. I had my bachelor bracket done, locked, and loaded, and I was like, this is it. And then after the episode aired, they showed, like, the previews for the season, and it was, like, her against the world, and I was completely shocked. So we met Olivia Caridi in your old apartment building during her season, right? It might have been as it was airing or, like, a month later. You know, as she, it was airing. she didn't move to New York like as it was airing. So it was probably like right. right after her season aired and she moved to New York and we met her in my building. And then like she lived in New York for a while and we've been like good friends since. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, this is the girl. She's so nice and simple. Like what's the, what's the big mystery? To do. Yeah. No, I remember feeling the same way. So watching it back last night, I was like, oh my God, I, I, it's shocking. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, I'm, like, glad, again, that, like, she had this, like, moment of retribution, but it's, like, on behalf of Bachelor Nation, it's, like, a little too little too late, first of all, and two, it's, like, well, we're going in, like, let's find the true person accountable, like, let's find the person who clicked copy-paste. Yep. Yeah. Let's. Let's. I mean, hopefully- Um, What I was going to say about Ben Higgins' season- is um I didn't watch the thing last night but I watched it when it was on the air and I have been I have said since that day that I really felt like Ben should have chosen Jojo like it was to me it was so obvious that Jojo was the winner like he loved her so much like and I don't know and and by the way he him and Lauren didn't even end up working out so like I wonder if he ever thinks like Hmm, what if I went with JoJo? What would my no. life have looked like? Like, I have never seen a bigger, greater love on The Bachelor than the one between Ben and Lauren. Like, even as I was watching it back last night, it's just, they had this, like, connection where they didn't even, they w- didn't even have to say all this stuff to each other. Like, when she told him she loved him, it was just, like, a giggle and a slip out, and, like, she's covering her face and crying, and when he said it back, it was just, like, messy and so cute. And then when JoJo said it, it was, like, I just feel like, you know, this is so hard for me. Like, typical Bachelor shit. And even though watching it back last night, I was like, oh, they definitely had something steamier than I remember it being. Like, Ben and Lauren, there was a reason they were happily ever after. Like, and I I know they didn't work they out. They weren't. I know that, no, but like, they were the right people for each other at the time. And not for forever, but for the year. And, you know, I it's so stand, funny like, how they are just... They are the the greatest love story of our time. It's so funny how, like, we watched the same season, and you would think that, like, the winner would be so obvious, but, like, really everyone experiences it differently. Like, I really thought back then, and then watching their reality show, Ben and Lauren Happily Ever After, where they, like, had to go to brunch with JoJo and Jordan, like, I was like, it's so obvious he's still in love with JoJo. No, not- I wonder if he ever thinks about her. I genuinely think- I'm curious. 
I don't know. I always saw it as like, he told Lauren he loved her because he wasn't going to let the woman that he loves say it and him leave it hanging. So then like he had to say to Jojo too, to even the playing field. And like, I just always saw it through that prism of like Jojo, like he did to Jojo what Jojo did to Robbie, like just bringing someone to the end. For the sake of having two people there. Right. Yeah. But, Um, but Jojo was a, like a fabulous worthy candidate and Robbie was nothing of the sort. And, you know, it's, I've just actually been thinking about Jordan and JoJo a lot because I guess their wedding date was, their original wedding date was like a week ago. Um, and they were posting about how they were supposed to be getting married that day. But because of coronavirus, they obviously had to push it off. And I just like totally forgot about them. They like, to me, when they were watching the season, I had the most doubts about them. To me, they were just so obviously like thirsty and in it for the fame. And I do still think they're thirsty, but I do really feel like their love is real. Like I believe in their love. I believe in their love. I don't think that they're thirsty because like, I'm not watching them drink, you know, like they are just living their life They're It's not like they moved to LA and they are, I know they had their like TV show of house flipping, but like, that's truly what Jojo did before the show. I actually think the proof is always in the pudding and like they have turned out to be like rock solid and therefore everything happens for a reason. Also, I didn't finish watching the show, but I'll, I'll finish watching it. I'm sure they mentioned that like Ben Higgins is happily engaged now to like such a cute, human being um not that I know her but just from Instagram and so and like Lauren is so happily married and so it all works out in the end but like it had to go this way for Ben to end up with Jess Clark for Lauren to end up Lauren Lane and for Jojo to end up with Jordan Rogers so everything happened the way it was supposed to and everything happens for a reason and you can really see that as evident in Ben Higgins season of The Bachelor no, and it's just one of the greatest, truly one of the greatest seasons of all time. And also I enjoyed watching it because it harked me back to the days when I was so into The Bachelor, you know, and like up on everything. And it just like, it reminded me of of when and why and how I, I used to love The Bachelor. Yes. Also, um, not again that I didn't watch it, but I saw people watching it on Instagram and they were just like showing the actual TV. And it is insane how different all the contestants look. Like, Jojo looks, Jojo's a different person. Lauren is a different person. Amanda's a different person. Becca's a different person. Like they all just like glowed up so hard. And it's like, I can't believe this is what they looked like when they were on TV. Cause in my mind, like what they look like now is what they've always looked like. Yeah, no, it's insane. But they also like, I'm sure everyone's like, they got so much work done, which I'm sure like people have had work done, like a little lip here, a little chin there. But you can also, they look so like, like babies, like babies. so young and it's really crazy to see. Also like seeing Amanda's daughters on the show, like I'm like, Kinsman Char, like they're on my TV. We know them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it was just, it was honestly really fun to watch. Like I understand what, like what they're trying to do, but it also goes to show that the one season of The Bachelor can be distilled into three hours. That is a fabulous point. And it also goes to show you like the glory days of the Bachelor franchise are certainly behind us. I think may- we'll, see- we'll see. I am really hopeful for Matt James. Um, oh, I've been yeah, following him on him. Instagram and I'm so excited about it. But we still have Claire's season before, which is just the funniest thing. I actually don't think I'm going to watch Claire's season. I, I actually was going to be done with the franchise altogether, but I do want to support the first black male lead. So I will watch Matt's, but I don't really think I want to support. And I mean, not support, sorry. I don't think I want to watch Claire's. I'm just like, it's such a commitment. Time, emotions. Yeah, and then it gives me a migraine. So then I have to go into my magic pill stash, but they only give me six at a time. 
Um, okay. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? It's a little random, but um, I'm- Is it I'm a little kidding. random news? It's a little random biz Random news. Oh, Random biz. Yeah, random business because it's from CNN Business. And it's a roundup of some of the brands that are a resale gold mine. Do you know what I mean? Like like consignment? Consignment, yeah. But from like high guess? end, low end. Yeah, sure. There's some that you would guess, but then there's some that like you wouldn't. Like thread up, share. Real, some of their- real stock X. No, no, no. What brands within those? Like if you're selling your stuff, what brands of your shit have the highest resale value? What a weird article. Who fucking cares? Oh my God, I think that's cool. Like what you could buy now that might- hold value Chanel yeah but also so let me just get to it because um they spoke to like thread up and real real and real real is more high end thread up is more low end so thread up really solicited brands with the best overall resale value on its platform which it determines by assigning scores that take into account a brand's demand virality and value to the seller fight fry sorry i said fire like fire festival oh fry fry the leather goods company that's known for its beloved boots topped the list for a second year in a row. That's good to know if you've got a pair of fries. Other notable brands with excellent resale value include fashion labels Tory Burch, Kate Spade, and Coach. Outdoor clothing brand Patagonia also made it into ThreadUp's top 10. Also, eyewear brand Ray-Ban made the cut, as did eco-friendly clothing brand Reformation, which prides itself on using sustainable fabrics. On the luxury end, Real Real gave a glimpse into the top 10 brands that have held the highest resale value on the platform over the last decade. On the list are luxury brands Hermes, Louis Vuitton spelled wrong, Goyard, and <laughs> Tiffany's. For Hermes, the item that's consistently held the highest resale value is the ultra-pricey Hermes Birkin, Hermes Croc, Hermes Croc, Hermes, Hermes Croc, Hermes Croc, Hermes Croc, Hermes Croc, Hermes Croc. I need to get myself a Birkin. Totally. A new Birkin bag can cost close to $10,000 all the way up to hundreds of thousands Never mind. of dollars. <laughs> but that's for a new one. But a resale one could be less. Meanwhile, what they have on the real real. Meanwhile, Gucci, Fendi, and Dior are the top three ba- brands with the fastest growing resale value in the same time period, according to the real real. I mean, all of that is pretty much what you think it would be. Yeah, I, I was surprised to not hear Chanel on the real real one. Interessant. I wonder why. Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe CNN just didn't choose to write about that one. Interesting. I mean, I consign on the real real. Um, so I'll just have to put all my Hermes in one box. Right. I actually have See? one item from Hermes in my closet and I did get it for free. So I'll sell it. No kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, it just gets you thinking. Yeah, no, about value and the market. The market is quite interesting. You know me, I'm always at the stock exchange, you know, trading, making deals. Got two for one, one for two, you know. I'm a businesswoman. Yes, I order the businesswoman special. It's it's in my blood. One for two. Um, anyway, that so those are the fast five wrote. stories that you needed to know. That is all that she wrote. Um, I think we got to jump because we got some issues to do so yeah thank you guys so much for listening to the morning toast millennial morning show we go live monday through friday 10 30 a.m eastern time on youtube so if you're watching us on youtube please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up we're also available 
as a podcast. Anywhere on podcasts can be found. So Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, I already cast all the places. Whatever you listen to podcasts, find us more. Until we five star view, but a beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. <laughs> Bye. Bye.